Hey yo, welcome to the winner's circle. Polish your crown, here to optimize your workflow. That's service now. This ain't your typical run of the mill. Tech talk, OGs, we're the best in the field. We'll help you level up and build your credibility. Now let me ask you one question, who the realest be? Unapologetic, if we said it, then we meant it. Foundation built on trust, authentic, so it's cemented. Better make way, only facts in the booth. You're now tuned in with CJ and the Duke. Uh, what success? I'll let you in on the scoop. Make your mind your best friend and fill it up Hey with the everyone, truth. welcome to another episode of CJ and the Duke. As always, I am your co-host, Robert the Duke Fedoric. And I am Corey, CJ Wesley. This episode is brought to you by Clear Sky. ClearSky is the only identity governance and security solution built natively on ServiceNow. It optimizes enterprise identity and risk management with a platform-first approach. Look, we have built a great digital world where we can plug and play people into our applications and information globally. Great for speedy operations, but can be a real nightmare for risk and security and governance who are left asking, who has access to what? Who authorized that? Should they still have it? When's the last time we checked? This is why CJ and the Duke love ClearSky. All of the benefit of a company with decades worth of ILM and IGA experience with a solution that's built natively on ServiceNow, the platform that we all trust. ClearSky, optimized identity management built natively on ServiceNow. Check the description below for an episode CJ and I did on ClearSky, as well as how to contact them. All right, Corey, what are we talking about today? Oh, man, Duke. So today we're talking about understanding your limits, right? And understanding when enough is enough sometimes. Yep. I would say I've been there more than once. <laughs> Me too. Me too, right? Like I am a, a serial, you know, it is kind of weird. I mean, I guess based on some of the things that I've said recently around knowledge, right? Like say yes to everything. You would not be surprised that sometimes I overload myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's an easy ecosystem to do that in too. Like, we're clearly all passionate about service now. Eighty some episodes in, still no outro though. Yeah, um, no, still yeah. <laughs> well, but, I, and I think uh, maybe that's by design, right? Maybe we 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 don't have an outro because we don't want to finish. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, or thumb our <laughs> nose at one more thing to do. <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, where was they going? But it's so easy to pour more of yourself into this. Right. Making videos, making CJ and the Duke, writing blog posts, helping out on community, and and serving my customers. <laughs> right. Uh, and looking for new ones, you know? And yeah. it just, I certainly felt tired this week. It's tiring. Yeah. Yeah, no, and, man. I, I, I've been exhausted, so I feel you. <laughs> and, it's hard, and it's hard to say no. It's really hard to say no. It's especially hard to say no when it's something that you're really interested in too, right? right. And, and like you said, we're all so passionate about this ecosystem. And so when someone comes up to you and they've got this really cool thing and you think, wow, that is a really cool thing. I'd like to be involved in that, right? So you, you're thinking, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, I'll help, right? right? Yeah. <laughs> And then the next thing you know, all of those five and six hour commitments kind of start to snowball into a, like a huge thing that's pushing down the side of a hill. Yeah. And so I think, I mean, we just blow the punchline on this. <laughs> I think, I think it's really important for people to seriously consider the things that they say yes to 
beyond the stuff that they have to say yes to, right? Like yeah. I have to say yes to a certain amount of work so I can feed my family and so I can grow my wealth and do all that stuff. I have to say a certain amount of yes to that. But everything yeah. after that, you got to be careful about. You really do. Absolutely. Right. And I, and I think this is especially relevant for folks who might not necessarily be at the beginning of their career and might not necessarily be in a situation where they don't have or are probably also in a situation where they have family obligations. Right. You know, because those things we often don't take into account the family obligations that just I mean, they don't go away. Right. Like I mean, you got kids, you got a spouse. That stuff requires like that stuff. Uh, those folks, <laughs> they require care and feeding, right? Like, I mean, you love them, right? So you got to spend time. Yeah. With them. Yeah. I mean, that took me a long time to learn. I think a few years back when I started Wolfpack and it was going badly, right? I was making all kinds of bad decisions. I was in bed with the wrong people. And, but in my mind, I was just like, oh no, failure is, is a mindset. And so if I just buckle down, work longer and work harder, then I'll eventually clear the barrier and this will be a success story. Right. And what a crock of shit. Like, (laughs) (laughs) honest to goodness, like I should have just known what, but anyways, what I was saying there was that that came at a sacrifice to my family. Like I just, you know, I was putting in 80 hour weeks and I paid that sacrifice, but who else paid that sacrifice? My kids, my wife, you know? Yeah. You always want to take that for granted, right? You want to take the, take it for granted. I'm doing this for us, right? Like I expect that, you know, you'll understand this little thing, this little inconvenience, right? Because mm-hmm. you love me and you'll be there for me. You un- you'll understand this little inconvenience. You'll understand that I have to work more. I have to do more right now with the understanding that later, right? Like I'll have more time for that, but you got to exactly. make sure later comes, right? Got to make sure later. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like what on earth am I doing this for? You know what I mean? Like what on earth am I actually doing it for? You know, if I get well compensated, what would that mean? You know what I mean? I don't, I don't do the well compensation just so I can be well compensated. Like what good is wealth relative terms here, right? I'm not wealthy, but (laughs) what, what, what good is wealth if you're not, if you're not exchanging it for time? Well, yeah, absolutely. Right. And yeah. it's like money's no good on its own. The, the whole point in, in accumulating wealth, right, is to be able to ease your life in some way. Right. You know, and sometimes it's ease your life and ease the, the life of, of, of the folks that you love. So you, you can't lose sight of the things that you know, the reasons yeah. you're actually doing this stuff. Yeah. And you can't you know, perpetually push them into the future because you'll look up one day and you'll be in the future. Right. And you won't have, you know, ever caught up with the things that you're pushing there. And so there's a whole bunch of different ways you can apply what we're talking about here. The one that really hit me this week was I think around the, just before the knowledge ramp up and then during knowledge, I just felt like there was a lot of buzz around creating content, right? We got rise up trying to get double the amount of people in the ecosystem we currently have. And that means there's going to be more new people than seasoned people. Uh, and like, we really need everybody to pitch in and do content. And so I was on that train, I was raw rawing and I just came to realize at some point, I was just like, don't bow to the pressure if you can't. Yeah. Does it make sense? Like, it, it, yes, the ecosystem does need it. Yes, a lot of people appreciate it. But don't dig yourself deeper. Don't tap into reserves to get that done. I talked Absolutely. With a, I talked with a dude at Knowledge and he was like, I'm partway through the CTA program. I've got a new child. How do I get a lot of content out? Like you do a lot of content. I'm like, yeah, but I'm not going through the CTA program. And I don't have like a young, young child. <laughs> right. And my kids can take care of themselves a little bit. So 
it's just like there's times and seasons for this. There's times and seasons. I like that. There are times and seasons for this. Absolutely. And you make a really good point, right? Because my kids are similar in age to yours, right? And they can mm -hmm. take care of themselves for a while. If push came to shove, right? There's, I mean, they can, they can do practically, a, you know, a lot of things, right? And so, but six years ago, seven years ago, when they couldn't, I wasn't doing a podcast either, right? Yep. You know, I, I wasn't nearly as active in the community then because I was much more active at home. I, and let me reframe that. I shouldn't say much more active. I was required more at home. And so you only have a, a certain number of hours in the day. And so sometimes you got to figure out how you chop them up yep. and how you distribute them. Yep. And you got to be cutthroat about it because like n none of us get more hours in the day. It's such a cliche thing to say, but literally we don't. Yeah. And, no, you're uh, right. I, I feel like I'm not in a content creation season right now just because I mean, like when I when I was cranking out like a video a day <laughs> or, <laughs> or, or some kind of content a day, like what people don't see is that I had I've suffered with like bad sleep basically my whole life. But in the last five years, I've had times where, you know, I get two, three hours of sleep a night. What was I doing with the rest of that time? Making videos. Right. Or, or researching or, or doing, you know, I was doing a lot of other stuff, but I put out a ton of stuff back when I wasn't sleeping. And so it's not like I had a longer day or it's not like I'm super, super fast at it. I just found the hour somewhere. Yeah. But you, but at cost to something else, right? Like yeah, it costs yeah. cost your sleep. And so and now I sleep a lot. And if somebody did say, okay, for the next week, you got 28 hour days. I'd probably say, well, you know what? Like, I'm just going to hang out with my daughter, hang out with my son and, and do that for a bit. Just I'm with you on that. Right. Like that time you can't you can't get back either. Right. And so, you know, you have to be very careful when you trade that. Right. And that's not to say, right, that this isn't CJ and the Duke telling telling you guys don't create content while we're creating content. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Got to secure the monopoly somehow. <laughs> right. <laughs> too many podcasts starting up out there. We're trying to get to lock it back down again. Too many people getting nasty. No, it, but it's just. I think sometimes we don't talk enough about things like burnout, things like time management, exhaustion, things like just how you spend your time and where you spend it and what's valuable at that moment. Right. And I think it's worth it sometimes to have that conversation and, and to collectively give ourselves permission to take, you know, take a step back sometimes. It's, it's, yeah. all right. it's, it's summertime. I'm going, I'm going to I'll go outside. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to be a content machine. Even, even if one of your explicit goals is to like get more fame or infamy on LinkedIn or, or whatever, like, again, you, you could take it day by day. For heaven's sakes, don't worry about making content. You know what I mean? Don't worry right. about it. Make it if it's flowing, but don't worry about making content. Exactly. Right. So, and that's, and you know, flow is a really good point, right? Like when you're in a flow state, like when I'm there, I like to capitalize on it. Right. Because that yes. sometimes it takes a while to get there. Right. And you know, there's a whole lot of theories about how you need, you know, do, can you manifest it or mm -hmm. you get lucky or what have you. But all I know is that once I'm there, I try to get as much out of it as I can. <laughs> For real. Yeah. I, I, I think, it's just somewhat related insight from my experience making content is that don't assume that one piece of content comes all at once either. Yeah. Like yeah. I've, I've had videos that just bounce around. I take little notes on them from time to time as the muse strikes, which could be like in the middle of my day. It's like, no, I don't have time to like stop and make a video, but I'll take a couple notes of inspiration that I just had on something else. So I keep like a Trello board 
and I keep on adding notes. And then sometimes something just hits critical mass. It's like, okay, I'm ready to record. I've had stuff that's been some videos I've done that took me months, months to get it right. I'm not saying like months of like shoulder to the wheel, like push in, but just months of like taking tiny doses of motivation. (laughs) (laughs) You you know, dude, I mean, absolutely. I mean, even on this podcast, right, there is we we have a Trello board, right? It has like a running list of ideas that we have for, for show topics and you know, sometimes we'll we'll dive into a, a show topic and, you know, yeah, that sounds great. And then we'll be like, yeah, not quite there yet. Right. And so we'll leave it and we'll move on to something else. Come back, revisit it. We'll groom it a little bit more. Right. Like it's a story. We'll groom it a little bit more. We'll come back on it and be like, yeah, not quite there yet. Right. And so we've got some stuff that's been in the backlog there for quite a while. And then sometimes we'll go through the backlog and we'll be like, yeah, I'm filling that one today. Let's do that. Yeah, one. let's finally do it. <laughs> right. What was and, a good example of that? Oh man, was, that was, um, go ahead. Like the gathering requirements episode. Yeah, that was yeah, kind of like a long time waiting, right? Yeah, and then absolutely. it just kind of like dawned on us when you were running for office. It's like, oh, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, what better use case, right? And because it was a real world use case, I think so many a lot of people got a lot of value out of that, right? I mean, certainly it was one of the the most mentioned episodes when I was at Knowledge, right? When folks like, I love the podcast and the requirements gathering episode. Oh my God, that was amazing, right? And it's like, great. Because I I do think that one, you know, for me was really helpful in the moment, especially. But I I can see how it would be really helpful, right? Because we we literally did do requirements gathering for a political campaign. And I did literally use some of that in the campaign. So it, it works. I remember we tried it once. I remember we like hit, just hit the record button, go, and we jammed for a little bit. And then we're like, this is not working. And we had it broken down into points, right? Where it was like point form where we're like, here's something to think about. Here's something to think about. Here's something to think about. But it wasn't until you had the, the whole getting neck deep into your campaign that we realized, let's just do the thing instead of deconstructing the thing. Right. right. Anyways, exactly. <laughs> so here's something practically you can take away from the show, though, is that Let's say you aren't in the season where you're going to spend four hours just cranking out some piece of content, but that doesn't mean you have to give up on the content altogether. Put it in a little idea vault, come back to it in little dribs and drabs as you think about it. Yeah, that's a really good point, Duke, because you will eventually create content, right? Like I know most of you out there will, if you're listening to this, that doesn't mean I'm telling you that you have to again, but I do think a lot of folks in this ecosystem do tend to evolve to that point. Having that vault of ideas when you're ready, like really does minimize the amount of, uh, of prep work that you have to do when you're actually ready. And when you're in, when you're ready. And like we said, like time is finite, right? When you're ready to, and you're ready to start making content, the thing you really want to do is make content and not try to decide what content to make or how to make it. Right. So in your downtime, right, that's what you can be working on. It's like, what tools do I need to make the content? Right. Do I have all of the setup that I want? Right. What is my podcast editor up, up to snuff? Right. Do I have distribution? What are the ideas that I can pull from? Right. If I already flushed out, right? I already flushed out a little bit. I can pull it from it. And I got like notes and I could just go get in on it. Do I have guests lined up? Maybe if I want to do that, mm-hmm. if I want to record a video, right. Have I. Have I actually, do I know the content well enough to record a video on that? And maybe I'll spend some of this downtime just learning the content a little bit better, right? Offline. So that when I jump in on video, I got less fits and starts. All of those things you can do require less, I say, intensive time. And, you know, you can do in your downtime between or before you create content. Right. 
I think there's a big thing to talk about here that's not just about content creation either, right? I think there's some fundamental stuff about work where understanding limits can really, I think people just need a better idea of what their limit is. And at the risk of recycling our content and just saying some of this stuff over again, if you have any inkling of going independent at any time, you need to think about this a lot is exactly what your limit is. Because I think we just get this idea like at this rate, I'm just going to work like 60, 80 hour weeks and just kill it. And I think that's way over most people's limits. By most yeah. people, I'm talking like 99%. Yeah, man. As a reformed workaholic, like <laughs> there's, there's been times in my past, right, where I've executed like a really heavy workload, right? And I killed it, but you can't do that forever. Like it no. is, it is, it is, it is, let me put it this way, right? Like there are times where I executed it well. There were times where I flamed out on projects, right? To the detriment of me and my client. And there are times where I was on a project and I saw someone else who was carrying a high workload and I saw them flame out and I had to pick up that slack for them and for the client or yeah. been called in in situations where that, you know, happened and then they were left without a resource and we need to get this thing done or the client's going to fire us, right? Like I've been in all of those situations and it's, nobody ever wants to be there. So mm -hmm. I, I think, I think we're all kind of conditioned, right? And again, like I said, I said, there's a lot of knowledge, right? Like say yes to everything, but man, there's a limit, right? And I know more, I know what my limit is now, right? And I don't go above it uh, most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> I try really hard not to go above it. I try really yeah. hard not to go above it. <laughs> and this, in this case, it's not just you either, right? Are you going to burn yourself out? You have to ask yourself, are you putting the customers at risk as well? Right. Or what is best for the customer? And I'll tell you what, the whole idea of, do you have the time and energy to do 80 hour weeks presupposes that it does not matter when the work is done. And I would say that is a very risky assumption to make. Yes. And I've done this plenty. So if anybody can warn you about this, it's me. You want to take on like four or five customers at a time. And it's like, well, there's 40 hours in a week. And if I give them 10 hours each, that's 40, right? No, because every customer wants this magic 10 hour band. And they all overlap on that band. Yeah, man. Everybody want, wants prime time. Yeah, they want <laughs> 9 to 11 on weekdays. That's what they want. 9 to 11 a.m. Yep. yep. <laughs> and that's, that's the 10-hour band I want. Nobody wants like 3 to 5, especially on a Friday. Are you joking me? Come on. Seriously. Come on. Seriously. <laughs> and, and it's funny. It's funny because that 9 to 11 band is time zone independent. I can have a client on the West Coast, a client on the <laughs> East Coast. They still somehow fall or or desire the 9 to 11 Central Time Band. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to us, right? It sucks being Central Time, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like, oh, like. I'm right out here for a Central Time. <laughs> right? <laughs> Oh, but you know, cultures I, don't even know, man. So, <laughs> so funny thing, dude, right? Like, so my family and I, we, we sometimes take a vacation out to the West Coast and we'll stay there for an extended amount of time and I'll make it a working vacation because we're out there a long time, right? Get an Airbnb, that sort of thing. And, but going two hours behind your current time zone opens up so many possibilities about how to manage your workload because it, I'm, I'm an early bird, right? So in, yeah. in California time, I'm up at five in the morning. It's like seven central, right? 
you know, I can start, I can get a, I can get a, a jump start on things. I can actually do a significant amount of client work by say noon California time. That's two, three, two central, three Eastern, right? I can close the laptop. I can go out to the beach at noon, right? And life is good. Right. So there is something to be said sometimes about time arbitrage, arbitrage. Um, yeah, no, for sure. I, I've started getting up a lot earlier than traditionally. And I love the fact that you know, like the rest of my family is not up. The world is quiet, you know, yes. and like Uninterrupt I, you know, I can, coffee. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can go as deep as I want on something or I can just, you know, I can just screw off for an hour. I, I just like having the option, but, but right. If I get up at that hour and put the shoulder to the wheel, grind out some stuff, I'm not grinding till 5 p.m., <laughs> you know? Right. And if I do, I'm not doing it for that many days because I'm old and I'm getting tired and I want to do other things. Right. There are those tasks that quiet helps, right? And those tasks aren't always service now related either, right? I, I know, Duke, you've got a lot of hobbies. You make soap, you do leather work, Right. And some of that stuff might be probably might be, you know, more relaxing to do at five o'clock in the morning than at, you know, two o'clock in the, in the afternoon when, you know, the kids are around and they're like, daddy, daddy, daddy. Right. And so yeah. and plus you might want to spend that two o'clock hour with the kids instead of doing leather work. Right. Yeah, and yeah, so, yeah not for sure. In the same way, right? Like if I'm doing any of my like technical hobbies, home automation and that sort of thing, I'm typically doing it when either the, the family's not home or when the family's asleep. And being able to juggle that time is awesome. But I will tell you back in my workaholic days, though, getting up at five o'clock in the morning, that was like two free hours of client work, <laughs> you know? And so I don't know. I, I'm rambling. I have no idea where I was going with this. Uh, the point being, right, is that folks do want that magical nine to 11 time band. And if, if you carry in multiple projects, you have to manage that. And maybe that means alternating which clients get it on which days, right? And setting that up, those recurring things up. Planning, proper planning. Yeah. <laughs> proper, was it proper planning prevents piss poor performance? I think that's the uh, the maxim. Do that. And maybe that's a maybe that's a marine thing. I'm not sure. I got a lot of family. I think it's uh, British SAS, isn't it? Is it? Okay, yeah. All right. There we go. And so it, it, and it's absolutely true, right? So if you know you're going to be carrying multiple clients, right? And a lot of us do indies, but also at partners, right? Like you, there's, you don't get the luxury of carrying one client at most partners. Should I, should I say that out loud? I don't know if a lot of, yes, a lot you of should, our clients. Actually. No, 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 no. <laughs> you, you absolutely should because this advice is not just for indies. I'll tell you, everybody go back and listen to the Deb Quinton episode. The link will be in the description below. Everybody take a shot. Remember when she talked about how they had a whole team doing the deployment, right? And they had an architect in that mixed rate bundle, but they were getting like two hours a week of her, maybe. Yes. And don't get me wrong. This girl was awesome at what she did. She was a fantastic ServiceNow architect, but they had her going on like 10 customers at once. And it was just like springboard two hours per customer. And so we'd come back and like, where are we at with this super hyper difficult solution that needs to get designed? And it was like, oh, hold on a second. Let's catch up because it's been like nine business days since I did my last two hour stint. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, and it's just she had her back against the wall. There's no way she could keep up with the conversations with that amount of time. And right. it showed it showed. And so for the partners, I would say know your limits is understanding how little you can split a resource up. Yes. It's not right? just raw hours. It's it takes time to fully context switch. 
You yes. can't just say like you're working on these four different accounts and just assume that 10 hours a week magically, like it, it, if I spend four hours doing assessments and surveys in a day, there's no way I'm converting to flow for another four hours. Yeah, man, that's that's like, like that's <laughs> that's literally impossible, right? Like the the, the, the context sh- shifting on that to get you back in a different frame of mind after you've been immersed so deeply in this other thing. Yeah, it's impossible. Right, right. Yeah. There's like no way like you're going to be able to context shift effectively in that case. But you know what? Also, where you'll face another limit, working memory. And uh, this is one of those things that I think uh, there's a good metaphor for chat GPT. Right. So chat GPT has a limited working memory. Right. I forget what they call it, like tokens or context or something like that. But there's a certain amount uh, of the commands that you feed into it and that it responds back to you that it can continue to keep that context as you're continuing to have that conversation. And I view context shifting, jumping from project to project kind of the same way. Like yeah. when I'm when I'm having that conversation with my client about whatever this particular project is and I have to jump to another thing. If I only talk to my client for like 30 minutes and it was largely like a status update, it's a little easier to jump to another client, right? And then maybe even dive deeper on ITSM roadmaps. But if I've just spent, like you said, four hours on survey assessments, (laughs) and now now I got to go in and build a custom app around X, Y, and Z, like, yeah, forget about it. And, And I'm gonna say, right, like try to know your limits and try to plan this stuff out also knowing that it's going to be really hard to do that. I compare it to performance automobiles and performance athletes, right? You see these Formula One drivers and they've got like standard gear shifts, right? And so you can work your way up all the gears and it takes you some time and you can brake hard and you can stop really fast. But when you start again, you're not starting at gear five. Yeah. Right. You got to work your way all the way back up through the gears. Or imagine if you're an MMA fighter and you know you're going up against some jujitsu phenom and you're spending all your time learning how to not get taken to the ground. And then they switch the fight on you and you're going against a striker. Yeah. Like it, you can't just boom, you can't change. And it, like, I can't think of very many contexts where people successfully context switch at maximal performance rapidly in a day. You ever watch those videos about those people who are just like magic at their work? You know, like some dude at a taco stand or something. He's like twirling things in the air and just. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, I love those. (laughs) (laughs) And you wonder how they get so good. It's just like doing exactly just that for 40 hours a week. Yes. Yes. Like that is the only thing that is the focus. And that is and you become like basically a savant at that one thing. And, And and that's okay. Focus is good. You know, there's um, and there's a time I think Duke, you would agree with this, right? Like back in the day when you and I started, being a ServiceNow generalist was the thing. You be, yeah. knowing the entire platform, everybody aspired to know the entire platform. Back when you could, right? <laughs> right. Back, I was going to say, yeah, exactly. Back when you could, right? Now I don't even know every module that exists on the platform. Well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, just look at now learning their paths for CTA and CMA. Right. And, oh and it, it, they say stuff like pick any X of this Y. <laughs> right. They're not saying you got to know everything. It's just like, OK, well, there's uh, 13 different options. You got to pick like four of them. Yeah. Right. Like, a, a, you know, some of the some of the bucket one and some of bucket two. And yeah. And, yeah. and you know, you end up and it's like, wow. And I mean, 10 years ago, it was know the platform. Right. And 
yeah, I mean, it was it was definitely a lot a lot more difficult um, than. But but my point being, right, is that you can focus, right? That's mm-hmm. where I was getting to. <laughs> is that you can focus, you can spend forty hours training on knowing just the one thing, and you can be really really good at it, and you can make a career on that in service now, right now, doing just For that sure. re- that one thing with some platform knowledge, right? Like, I mean, you you got another platform in addition to that one thing. Yeah, well, like, that's that's a limit too, right? How wide can you go? How wide should you go? Yeah. And I think back to all the boot campers, like back when the renaissance of boot camps and just all of a sudden we were both inundated with people asking us questions about, I think one of the big common ones was what niche should I pick? I'm like, what niche? <laughs> you, don't even know, you don't know the basics. What are you talking about niche? And it's just like, when you start, you cannot go wide. You've got to start with the building blocks and there's enough of those to be wide enough as it is, but you just, you can't afford to go wide. That's a huge limit that you should understand. Like, don't worry about the niches. Don't worry about all that process stuff. Get the fundamentals down. Yeah, man. You got to know the platform. If you don't know the platform, like it doesn't really matter how well you know the rest of it, unless you're not planning on having a technical role, right, in any ecosystem. And then in which case, like you'll be a process person, right? Like you be mm-hmm. a person who's in the meetings, mapping everything out and talking like this is how a proper XYZ process works. But you're going to need somebody technical in that, in that meeting with you can say, okay, that's great. But these are the uh, restrictions that you're going to run into in service now, or these are the, this is the trouble you're going to get into, right? And so they can kind of move those lines around, so you end up with something that is actually buildable at the end of those conversations. Well, I'll tell you one thing. Like it's kind of topical. One thing I've learned in my 40s is that balance makes everything better. Yes. Another stupid like cliche, but. But it really does, right? Like I think in my in my twenties and thirties, I'd be like, "No, I'm gonna brute force this, man. Eighty hours a week, bring it, yeah." I'd brute force it, and maybe a couple times that worked good in the short term. But I'll tell you, man, like if your time is balanced, you're good with your family, you're good with your sleep, you're good with your fitness. It makes everything go faster and better. When I started working out really hard, doing critically difficult workouts twice a week. Yeah. My, I, I could feel how much smarter and quicker and more attentive I was at my service now work. It all comes together. And that was and just I, by understanding balance instead of just brute force, push it to the limit. Don't push it to the limit. Get everything in balance. Yeah. You know, man, that's a really good point. And I think my wife would say I don't have enough balance. <laughs> And, and and it's fine and uh you know it's it's i was i was talking to we'll wrap it up and here i go and dive in no no go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> but no i i was talking to my therapist right and my therapist was preaching exactly what you just said duke balance it was like yeah man you need balance in your life i'm like yeah but i'm one of those folks that i get some of that balance from work right like i i'm problem solving is is one of those things that i'm i'm always seeking in my life Right. Because mm-hmm. I like that dopamine hit of, of developing a solution. And uh, I have no idea where I'm going with this. We can scrap this whole part. <laughs> <laughs> Wherever I was going, I lost it mid mid train. But so but, I, 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 but I think what you're saying is that there, there's something that you need on the deep end of the pool in your work. Yeah. And balance is is part of that. And so what, what I, I can think what I was getting at is that be careful that you don't over optimize in one way, because I, abs- I absolutely love what you said, dude. Like when you were working out, like you became better at your job because your physical muscles, right? Like you weren't neglecting them. And so that enabled you, your mental muscle to, to focus better. 
to work better, more efficiently. I think sometimes we don't see the correlation between some of these things. No, we don't. The biggest aha moment for me was that my brain is part of my body. Yes. It does not exist on its own. And you put in a workout to the point where your body's like, we're going to die. Like we're literally like, <laughs> this is not supposed to happen. Our muscles are not supposed to be torn up inside. Right. And it floods you with all kinds of chemicals to make you survive. And yes. to make sure it's like, if I'm ever in that position again, oh no, we're going to be ready. And so your body does all kinds of good stuff, all kinds of good stuff. Okay. Totally off topic, but I'll say no. this. Like, if you no. want to make your service now game that much better, but you don't know how, like in terms of studying, in terms of whatever, go and push some steel into the sky. Like yeah. go have an intense workout, make your muscles go into hypertrophy and then see how you feel the next day. There's nothing that being strong doesn't make better. I know. I, I totally agree with you, right? There's nothing that being strong doesn't make better. And just tying it off, there's nothing that training doesn't make better. Because like you said something that I thought was really interesting and on point, right? Like the reason your body like goes through these kind of recovery mechanisms and gets better, right? As you're working out over time, is because you put it in this position and your body is naturally like, all right, if we're in this situation again, we know what to do, yeah. right? That's training. Right. And that just works for everything. Right. Like anything. And I guess we typically call it experience. But you, to get experience, you got to you got to train. Right. Like you got to see a situation before. Uh, and that dovetails into something we've always said, Duke, build something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I got this is just this is coming to me new here. It's coming into my brain because of the physicality metaphor. But at a certain point, if you're just working out, you're just making yourself tired. You have to rest and recuperate because that's when your body says, okay, the big scary weights aren't on top of us anymore. And, you know, now we can feed nutrients into our muscles so that they grow. And I think even outside the realm of the physical, that is true as well. If you can, if you're putting in 80 hour weeks to do something at a certain point, you're not going to store the knowledge. You won't have time to reflect on it. You won't have time to like reassess it. And it'll just be waste. It'll be waste cognitive ability. Absolutely. Right. So, so he, it, like rest and recuperation has to be built into this, especially if you're going hard. Especially if you're going hard. Right. And that brings us back full circle to where we started. Right. Like it's OK to sometimes say no. It's OK to not be, you know, to yeah, I'm not going to make content today. It's OK. Right. Yep. It's, I'm, or I'm not ready to make content today. Because that rest and recuperation is absolutely necessary too. Absolutely 100% necessary. What a great place to drop it off. That was that was swell. <laughs> <laughs> Why, yes, that was, dude. That was swell. <laughs> and we still don't have an outro. We don't have an outro. Maybe next time. We'll talk to you later. Later. If we said it, then we meant it. Foundation build on trust, authentic, so it's cemented. Better make way, only facts in the booth. You're now tuned in with CJ and the Duke. Uh, what success? I'll let you in on the scoop. Make your mind your best friend and fill it up with the truth. Come on. Yeah. Make your mind your best friend and fill it up with the truth. Yeah. CJ and the Duke. What's that? Huh? Service now. Come on. Yeah, I said welcome to the winner's circle, yeah, yeah.